You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. Something magic happens on your radio. You make the magic happen. The magic of Orioles baseball when the game is close. And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they've got How about those O's, ladies and gents? A.J. Risser is delirious on the other side of the studio. Got the, uh, people can't see this because they're listening to us, the Ryan Mountcastle bobblehead that Coach Young tried to break weeks ago. The Yankees tried to break him nights ago. But they're unbreakable, ladies and germs. You can't break this team. Birdland, baby, they're 52-35, and 35, just three back of the AL East-leading Tampa Bay Rays who are amidst a losing skid, their longest of the season, six straight losses as the Atlanta Braves went yard on them last night. How about the Braves, by the way? Are they playing some great baseball? They made history as Sean Murphy's blast last night was the team's 167th home run before the All-Star break to set a major league record. they got a couple days to add that total. And it is 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you call 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King each and every week. Uh, how are you, Rister? Good to have you back in the saddle again. I imagine you've got to be thrilled because a couple nights back, the O's had lost back-to-back to the Yanks at the... Uh, House of Whores, that is Yankee Stadium. They recover. The bullpen shuts the door to the night. Kowser comes up. He delivers in a big way, much like Westbrook has and these other baby birds that have stepped to the big leagues and been instrumental during this time from the transition of tides to Orioles for these young prospects, if you will. And then they followed up with a couple of wins against the Yanks to split that series by edging the Twinks in extras last night. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to watch this team, but I'll be more excited if they ever decide to get bullpen help. Because have well, Hold on, bullpen help. The Orioles? The bullpen. You know, we actually the Orioles have, have two guys in that bullpen they do. that are really good, and then the rest of them are really bad. I would say there are some questionable guys outside of Cano and Bautista. I agree with you on that premise. But, and we actually talked about this a little bit yesterday on Afternoon Drive with Rock Kabatko. If you missed that, it should be up on our podcast page on Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com. And he did say what you did. They have to probably add another arm, some kind of pitching. I think more starting than relief. But they're now, is it 47 and 2 when they lead after eight innings, which is a lot better than many teams out there as, as, a, as a fan of a team in the National League, which. Uh, is trying to hold on for dear life with the hard-charging Dodgers, my team, the Diamondbacks that I root for. We need bullpen help. We blow saves left and right. So I understand, to me, that almost comes off a little, I don't want to say greedy, but all right, we need another You need, I think, another starter more than, than a, a reliever for the sixth or seventh inning because your eighth and ninth 
seem pretty dependable with Cano and Bautista. Either or. Either give me a starter yeah. or give me bullpen because you said after the eighth inning. And right. then, look, as an Oriole fan, I know what Rock's doing when he says that because we literally have the best closer in baseball. So you, you do? You get to the ninth inning and you have a guy that's striking out two batters per three that he faces. So I, I don't like the after the eighth inning because not every time are our starters getting to six innings to seven innings. And so we've had to bring guys in in those fifth and sixth and seventh innings. And we can't bring out Cano every time. We can't bring out Bautista to have a two inning save like he did last night. Very true. He's in that like four times, five times, I think this yeah. year he's going 1.1 or, or longer. But to that point, a lot of teams in the American League and even in baseball, you go to the National League in general, take Cleveland, for example, take Texas, uh, maybe even take the Astros where you get to a point where you're stretching out those starters and it's it's hard to get those five, six. So if you get another starter, I think you can take one of those fourth, fifth starter guys come playoff time, September area, and make them a long reliever, if you will, and change sort of the dynamics to a degree. So I feel like just another arm because... Let's be honest, when you get to the playoffs, and, and you hope to be there right now, this team, it's funny how some of the, and you know this being a, a lifelong Orioles fan in there, a lot of fans were saying, and I had one tell me, as recent as Tuesday or Wednesday, by the end of next week, they'll be in fourth place behind the Yankees and Blue Jays. Well, guess what? The Yankees now, by the end of next week, they might be in the basement of the American League East because the Red Sox have won three straight. The Yanks have dropped three in a row. And just look up here in Boston at 46 and 43 is just two back of New York for fourth place. And oh, by the way, the O's are thinking about not falling to third or fourth. They're thinking about catching the Rays, perhaps not by the break, but who knows? This schedule in July is a... Brutal one for Baltimore, but they could catch them by August because Tampa Bay is not playing its best baseball. They're playing the best team in baseball right now in Atlanta, which just seems red hot and untouchable. They've only lost like one or two games, I think two games in the last 25. The Reds came back from multiple runs on a Friday night a few weeks back, and the Guardians beat them in extra innings of the night after Atlanta came from behind to tie the game. But uh, right now, New York can't get out of its own way in terms of they throw out their Severino against Baltimore. He gets pounded 14 to love by the O's. And then last night, Jamison Tyon, who came in with a 6-3-3 ERA and allowed 78 hits in 69 innings. Yanks get one single in six innings. I mean, that is just yucky. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Yankees, they, they're definitely not the same team without Judge in that lineup. And I think that overall, that affects that entire team. I, just the, the, the emotional, I guess, readiness going into games. If you know you have a guy that's, you know, 10, or 20 feet tall and 500 pounds that can hit a pop fly that goes 80 feet past the uh, the wall, then you're going to win every single game. And I think that uh, there's some other issues there, but I, there I think are. this team's going to be fine when Judge comes back. I really do. Well, I'm not so sure. It's funny. We, we spoke with uh, Ahmed Farid from uh, NBC Sports and Peacock yesterday, who, by the way, has had three of those O's games. He was uh, chatting about that with us here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on the MLB Sunday leadoff that they've had. Uh, it's funny because he had a great tweet that the, the top seven payrolls, AJ, none of those teams in first place. The Mets won, who are on a little hot streak right now, beating the Padres in extras last night after sweeping my D-backs. Uh, two, the Yankees. San Diego is three. Philadelphia, who's on a streak we'll get to in a second, four. Dodgers, fifth. Angels, sixth. Toronto, seventh. Those are your teams uh, with the top seven payrolls, not a single one of them in first place in any of the six divisions, although the Dodgers are only a half game out of Arizona, tied in the loss column 
in the National League West. But just think about that. It just shows you to that point. You can be a franchise like the Yankees and have all the star power. Or, you know, San Diego's got star power to Mets. You can have star power, but then when one of those stars goes down, are you so dependent on Aaron Judge to generate your offense, to generate the fear, the intimidation factor? And they really are, uh, when you think about it, big picture, because they've had some injuries in the rotation. They get Rodon back, Cole... You know, Look, I, I don't know that they're going to be uh, in any way, shape, or form what you would call a seller, but I don't know that they can buy anything to really change the entire scope of their team in a division that baseball, that AL East is as good as a division as we've seen maybe ever. There's all five teams over 500, and Toronto, by the way, is finding its stride too. Let's not forget, they have some bats, some young bats that have lineage, if you will, with Guerrero and Bichette and Biggio, even throwing their next A in Chapman. They have some bats that can really heat up and cause some damage. So uh, that division, I think it's got a great chance to get three. And I would not entirely rule out four to the playoffs because if Texas or Houston wants to sputter, you might not get a second wild card team. You're not getting one from the AL Central. You might have four of your six from the AL East. Well, going back to the Blue Jays, they they're just streaky. That's they are. that's the thing. You go back. What was it? A month and a half ago, we were talking about them firing their manager. Well, and they're like they a three falling. point. They're like a three point shooting team in the NBA, right? Yeah, you get all those threes. They, they were falling behind, and and that's why I'm not necessarily sold on Toronto. I mean, you you look at the names, BGO and and Guerrero, stuff like that, and and Bichette, and you're thinking, wow, this team is this this is stacked, but they're they're underperforming. We thought that after last year, this team was really going to take off. I'd actually say almost two years ago, we thought that last year this team was going to take off, and they've yet been able to do that. And I I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on them. If you have to make me pick between the Blue Jays and the Rays, if it comes down to that, or the Blue Jays and the Orioles, I mean, so far... The Orioles have handled the Blue Jays this year. They've had their number, and that hasn't always been the case in the past. And it's funny, it's sort of like, uh, and who else has had their number too? Is Boston. The Red Sox just swept them, and last year, Toronto just absolutely destroyed the Red Sox. I would say, in terms of the power, Toronto's on similar par, maybe even better at times in Tampa Bay, but the total package, when you throw in the base stealing and things of that nature that the Rays present to you, they have the edge over the Jays, so I'll give you that for sure. And Alec Manoa looked like his old self last night as they beat the uh, Tigers. He got sent under the minors, actually got tattooed in the minors, but eight strikeouts looked a lot better as they beat the Tigers last night 12-2, to which is not too hard to do these days. Uh, and if the uh, Red Sox were in the National League or the American League Central, they'd be in first place uh, about a half a game or a game up on Minnesota and Cleveland. Instead, they're in fifth in the ALE, so it is crazy. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We'll get back to some more baseball talk. You've got Wimbledon going on. We'll get to some NBA talk from last night as Wimben Yama made his uh, exhibition debut, if you will. But phone lines are open if you want to hop in here at 757 687 9494. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports, it can be local, tides, Orioles related. It can be uh, basketball, football, you name it. Wimbledon, give us a holler at 757-687-9494. Even high school sports as the high school football schedules are out. We'll go through any team you like if you want to do that. And we'll be talking with a couple new high school football coaches, in fact, in this hour of the program. A new Manorhead football coach, Tony Newbold, will join us in about 15, 16 minutes or so. He was the interim basketball coach at Manor High School in Portsmouth. Now he is the head football coach in Manor, which underwent that name change a couple years ago from Woodrow Wilson to Manor, which it once existed as Manor many years back, uh, going back to like the 80s or so. Uh, we'll talk to Coach Newbold about what's on deck for the Mustangs of Manor High School 
once known as the Presidents of Wilson High School. We'll be also chatting with the new head football coach of the First Colonial Patriots in Virginia Beach. That's Lamort Smith. First Colonial has the longest playoff drought, we do believe, in the entire area for high school football. Uh, in fact, I know it's the longest in the Beach District, but they have not gone to the postseason, uh, whether it was the four-team or the more recently expended eight-team playoffs since. you got to go all the way back, not quite to the Frank Webster days, but 2000 was the last time they made the postseason under Coach Sam Scarborough, a year they fell to Bayside 27 to nothing in the first round. But FC does have some history in football. In fact, nine playoff wins from 1978 to 1991, an awful long time. And they might not be a playoff team or a playoff win team this year. We don't know, but we'll talk about the future of FC football under the direction of Lamort Smith coming up around 10.45 a.m. this morning or so. So a lot going on. I mentioned Wimbledon. You got Medvedev in action right now. Uh, you got, I guess it's Vitova. I'm probably uh, screwing up the uh, Czechoslovakian lady's name. Uh, all kinds of action there. Did you watch AJ last night at all? Uh, give me the amount of minutes if you did. I know you are generally glued to O's games when they are on, especially a good one like they had with Minnesota last night. Wembenyama, were you part of Wemby Mania last night on the mothership against the uh, Hornets and Brandon Miller, the number two pick? I watched a little bit of it. I, I wouldn't okay. say any more than probably five, six minutes. It's and about... Normal. Okay. You know, the the thing is, he's got to be careful because there is this, I guess, idea that's being started by the media. You go back to this first shoot around after he's drafted, and I don't know if you watched that video, but he couldn't I make didn't. a single shot. Uh, no, it was brought up to me. Richie brought it up to me yesterday. But you know what's weird? I actually was watching this last night. Uh, Ed Young and I were watching it at an establishment in Chesapeake. I would say which one, but they don't sponsor the show. I will give you a hint, though. It It, it is yum when you go there uh, to eat. But uh, no, we were watching it, and he brought up a, a really good point. We were, I said to him, I go, and Ed's coached you know, many, many years, high school, college ball, too. I go, is it me? And he did some things that were skilled. His passing was terrific. His shot blocking and defensive prowess and play was on point. He missed some shots. He was not in a rhythm. He hit one long jumper late. And we watched about a good 35 to 45 minutes of the game, you know, with some, you know, attentiveness, if you will. Is it me or, and I brought this up to Ed, when you watch him play, and this is because he is 7'5, maybe 7'3, 7'4, it doesn't look like he's playing hard. He's like, and Ed said he kind of glides out there. It feels like he doesn't play hard. Maybe that's because of his size, being the unicorn that he is tall, skinny kid, it didn't feel like that was you know a guy that was really exerting himself. And it is exhibition. You don't want to nitpick here and feel like he's... I just, you know, it, it gets me just the amount of attention it's grabbing. And did you watch the post-game interview? You know, they usually say... Greg Popovich, by the way, is not going to go for this. You know, Popovich wants one question, two questions. The late Craig Sager, that was it. He was getting ready to snap his head off. The gal, I forget her name, uh, forgive me, for ESPN... I think she asked him six questions. It wasn't your two or three. AJ, she was wanting to spend like an hour with him. She would not let him go. He Trying just played to get his that first. Interview in. Oh my goodness. It's like he's not going to give you anything earth shattering here. It's an exhibition game where he has nine points, I think like eight rebounds, four or five blocks, whatever it was. But I was like, you've asked him four or five questions. I was waiting for him to walk off, almost like Tyreek Hill did with us a few weeks back at the uh, Virginia Beach football camp. But my goodness, he was just... And and listen, he seems pretty poised for a young kid in terms of his answers. He just kept talking about all I took away from it was... You know, getting better, winning the game, getting better, winning the game. He's, you know, team first, that type of mentality, which you get. But uh, there was so much fascination last night with that, more than I even think... And this might, people may disagree with me, and you can chime in at 757-687-9494. Tweet us, too, at ESPN Radio 941 and 757 Sports Talk. I think there was even more intrigue 
than LeBron and Zion. And part of that, to me, AJ, is because with LeBron, a lot of people had already seen him play all those games on in high school when he was at St. Vincent, St. Mary's in Akron, Ohio. We're on ESPN. You had Dickie V. You had Bill Walton. Some of those guys call his game so that you had already seen him. Zion, you saw him at Duke. How many people in America were watching Wimbenyama play before last night? Very few to, I'd say, hardly any. So I don't think... That was the deal. I don't think there was a lot more of a mystery about Wimbenyama, whereas you kind of had an idea what Zion was. You had an idea of what LeBron was. To me, I think that was why yeah, there was more a lot mutual. of hype. Yeah, there's a no lot doubt. of hype with him. And that's what I was talking about. It's, there's this, this idea being created about him not being a, a shooter all of a sudden. Uh, and you, I, a couple of the shots I saw last night, there was a, a big air ball and a three. I think that it's a ment- it's going to be a big mental challenge for him because this isn't college. You know, these San Antonio fans have been hungry. If you go back to the, the days of Manu and stuff like that, that team and the titles that they won and the, the monsters that they beat to get there, that, that fan base is hungry. And they've been looking for it. Kawhi leaves them. They, he goes to Toronto, wins one. And now you get Wemby. So it's going to be a big mental challenge for him because I don't think this city uh, or these fans have a lot of patience. I think that yeah. they're expecting a guy to come in there and immediately change that culture and immediately turn around that franchise. No doubt about it. And we'll see if uh, San Antonio can get back into being a championship-level team like they were in the years of uh, Duncan and Robinson and also Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard and crew when they won multiple championships. Let's go to the phones at 757 687 9494 at 757-687-9494 to connect with us. And we say hello to our pal in Claremont, the one, the only Keith. How are you, sir? How you doing, man? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. What's on your mind today? Uh, um, the clarification, uh, it, it's going to come down. Hallis Spring, Smith. You think Hallis Spring can beat Austin Smith? You said the classification or the clarification? You said classification. You're talking about for class six for this high school six. football? Yes, sir. Okay, I just want to get some clarification before we talk about the classification. Uh, yes, for class six, Highland Springs, which used to be in class five, they look like they are going to be one of the favorites or co-favorites. I would caution you, Keith, as good as Highland Springs is in class six. There's also a school out in Woodbridge by the name of Freedom High School. Let Freedom Ring. They did that last year to the tune of winning all 15 games, to the tune of scoring 70 points or more in five games, 112 on poor Charles Colgan High School back on October 7th. And they set a state record for points score with 952 points, thrashing the record of the 96 famed Hampton Crabbers and of Manchester High School out of Richmond a few years back as well. They shared that record around like nine... 18 or so, I think it was. So, Freedom brings back an awful lot of talent, a wealth of talent, if you will, from their championship team, led by Coach Daryl Overton's nephew, Jeff Overton Jr., a running back who evokes visions of Reggie Bush. He is that good, in my eyes. But uh, I would say they're 1A, 1B. They wouldn't meet each other until the state, uh, state semifinals. But Highland Springs is region, where you have Oscar Smith, you have Western Branch, you have Thomas Dale, you have Manchester... It's going to be a very, very loaded region just to get out of. Yes, sir. And uh, also, uh, two more things. Uh, the Smithfield Packers, how far can they go? 
In football, well, we have not caught up yet with Tracy Parker there or gotten his survey back. If anybody uh, sees Tracy, I know Ed knows him really well from his days at Nance. Whenever let him know, we'd love to get uh, connected with Tracy on uh, his team, how they're looking for this coming season. I know they're scrimmaging a couple of teams, I believe, outside the 757. And uh, looking at their schedule for this year, as I pull it up right now, uh, there in 4A. They open up at Norview, Keith. That'll be a tricky one. I think one of their scrimmages actually is against Indian River as well, by the way, besides one of those uh, out-of-area scrimmages. They also then travel to Churchland. Uh, if they can get a split of those two Eastern District schools, uh, that would be a big deal for them going into the bye week. Then they have Jamestown at home, host Lafayette. That's always a hard game. At York with Doug Pereira's Falcons, who should be improved. Grafton, who's a dark horse in the Bay Rivers. Pocosin, who I think can make some noise and possibly crack the state playoffs in Class 2. Uh, Warhill, who many think will win the Bay Rivers and be the best team. At New Kenton, host Tab. So that stretch there where they play Lafayette, York, Grafton, Pocosin, Warhill. Those are five tough games, Keith. It's going to be hard to win three or more of those games. This could be around a 500 type of season. But if they can pull an upset early, especially knock off either Norview or Churchland, that'll give them some momentum. So it's important to get to that bye, not at 0-2. Okay, and last thing. Oh, King Falk feel is um, – I don't think what King Falk going to be able to play because their fear is um, we're getting turf field down. Uh, I have not heard about where they will play if that turf will be ready in time. That's something I guess we can connect with uh, Anthony Joffrey on their coach before the season. I did get his survey back very in-depth and a lot of talent on that team, by the way. They're in 5B. They're in a hard region now as they move up from 4A. So they're in the same region as the Maury Commodores, who are viewed by many, myself included, as perhaps the favorite to win the state championship in Class 5. So I have not heard. My guess would be, Keith, much like Nansman River had last year as their turf was being finished up and installed, that they'll try to play some games on Nansman or Lakeland's field in Suffolk, which are now turf fields, on nights that Nansman or Lakeland do not have home games. So there could be a possibility, if it's not ready, where they might shift those games to a Thursday or a Saturday. Okay, you have a nice weekend. You too. That is the one and only Keith from Claremont, sometimes Smithfield and other places around the Commonwealth. Before we take a timeout, we also want to pass along our condolences again. We mentioned this yesterday on Afternoon Drive as we continue to mourn the passing of former ODU women's basketball coach Nikki McCray-Penson. We lost her yesterday at the age of 51 after her courageous battle and fight with cancer. Just so sad to see. I'm sure we'll have some uh, more thoughts when uh, Ed Young will join us probably in studio here in the next hour of the show. He should be in with us, if not in with us, probably by phone in the second hour. Um, just a terrible situation uh, that she we lost her yesterday, former ODU Lady Monarchs coach and certainly a uh, pioneer in the women's basketball game as an all-star in the WNBA, an Olympic gold medalist two times. She was with uh, South Carolina and Dawn Staley as an assistant coach before she got to Old Dominion and she helped turn around the ODU program from an eight-win you know, outfit her first year on the job to winning 20 plus games and almost making the NCAA tournament that tournament that year was unfortunately canceled due to COVID back in 2020 who knows how things would have finished up for the ladies of ODU and it all started for Nikki McCray on her basketball odyssey if you will playing for the late great Pat Summit at Tennessee so she certainly got the tutoring and the tutelage that you would expect from couple of the greats with Dawn Staley, a teammate of hers on the Olympic team, and Pat Summit. And rest in peace to Nikki McCray, former ODU women's basketball coach, age of 51, as she uh, ends up succumbing to that terrible disease with cancer and breast cancer, which we all hope to find a cure for one day very, very soon. 
We'll take a timeout and come back with more here on 757 Saturday. Sports Talk phone lines will remain open at 757-687-9494. Tony Newbold, head football coach of the Manor Mustangs, will be our first guest of the morning when we return right here on your home for sports. It's Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And we're back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. Engine in an accident, you call 757-INJURED for Larry King. High school football season is quickly upon us and a little more than a month away as the games will be getting going beginning on August the 24th, a Thursday. And we're now joined by the Head man of the Manor Mustangs out there in Portsmouth. He was the head basketball coach. Now I understand he's the head football coach. He's really been a jack-of-all-trades over there, coaching football, basketball, everything in between over there in Portsmouth. We say hello to Coach Tony Newbold. Coach, good to have you on the show. How's life treating you this summer? It's been a very busy summer, but thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Well, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, for those that are unaware of your background, I don't know the, the entire background. I know a little bit of it from uh, your time there at Manor, which once was Woodrow Wilson. Fill the audience in, and me for that matter, about how you got involved with sports and where you went to school, college days, what drew you to coaching, and then this situation out at Manor. Uh, well, I was a uh, former military, uh, came back from Air Force once I got out of service in 2000. I uh, got involved with middle school football in Chesapeake over at Hugo Owens. Um, I did a stint over there for 11 years and was offered over at Deep Creek High School. Uh, once my stint at Deep Creek High School, I came over to Woodrow Wilson to coach basketball. Uh, still had the love for football. Uh, got the opportunity to be over on the football staff and uh, the story was written from there. Uh, this is my seventh year. At Woodrow Wilson Manor, um, this will be my first year at the Hams, as we all know. Like you said, last year I did uh, interim head coach of basketball, which was interesting, and now I get the opportunity to lead the football program. Well, it's also uh, really interesting to me, too. It feels like, and I don't want to speak for you, but you've been the, the good soldier at Manor. Anything, the administration, and going on down to the, the guy that was your AD there, Ron Calvin, know him very well. Anything they've asked you to do, you've done, whether it be on the football side of things, basketball. So you must just have a great love and passion for sports, A, and B, helping kids. That is very true, sir. Uh, it's all about better development of the young men uh, and, and, and young lady that, that – tremendously helped me with the program. Uh, so you get thrust into the head basketball situation interim, and you were part of uh, the staff there with Gerald Andrews that won a state championship, uh, co-champs that COVID year. Take me through just some of the transitions, uh, getting out of COVID, what that's been like navigating that with the, the, the student-athletes over there in Portsmouth, and then also balancing that out where you're helping out with football, and now you make this change from basketball to football, what that's like. Well, it's, it's been a tremendous change in all aspects, but I have a strong love for sports and, and like you said, helping young athletes. So it wasn't a hard transition. Just getting the guys to come back from that COVID and understand how hard it was going to have to be to transition from relaxing for a year and a half to actually getting back out there athletically. Um, The VHSL 
did a very good thing of helping out with spring football just to get guys back into the swing of things that after the COVID year. But outside of that, it's been pretty much an easy transition. When a kid comes to you and asks, you know, Coach, what do I do, be it a football kid, a basketball kid, any athlete in general, especially those that we saw, unfortunately, with what transpired with COVID and a lot of schools, especially when it comes to basketball, even more than I think for football, you can tell me if I'm wrong, they're moving on. They're wanting to get those grad transfers, those more seasoned kids. They almost turned away from high school seniors unless it was that highly ranked four-star, five-star national-level prospect. What advice did you tell those kids, and what do you tell them now when they're not getting recruited to stay up, beating positive? That's it. Stay up, beating positive. If you have the opportunity, don't be afraid to take a post-grad year or a prep year because right now, like you said, kids are going – Colleges are taking JUCO kids before they take high school kids unless you're a four- or five-star athlete. Yeah, so very true. Well, let's get into your situation now. The new head football coach of the Manor Mustangs. He was coaching the basketball program over there. Tony Newbold, our guest here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Uh, what should we look for? And we can get to some of the names offensively and defensively maybe to highlight. But what should we look for in terms of your blueprint, your fingerprints on this football program? What can folks expect? And I'm not expecting you to tell me every secret here. We're going to run this play here. We're going to play this type of defense. But give us sort of an idea identity-wise what you want them to be either side of the ball. I just want our guys to be excited about football, play fast, fun, and physical. Uh, That's going to be our claim to fame, uh, just being fast and physical. Do you take some things that have worked from other schools, just observing, be it in your district? We obviously know Maury and Lake Taylor are state championship-level programs under Doreen McCain and Hank Sawyer. We know in Portsmouth we've seen some glimpses there with Norcom and Churchland here. Uh, do you take some things that have worked for those programs, or do you not pay attention to other schools that are having success and you just want to have your own form of that? What's kind of your view of it? You have to respect the guys that's been before you because obviously it's something that they have done to get their programs to be at the high standard that they are. So I would be telling me a disservice if I say I'm not going to you know, take a piece from here and there. That's the only way to get better. You have to learn from some of the best. Sure, that makes sense. Now, how about advice you've gotten from some people that have been mentors to you and helping you on your uh, journey as a coach? Anybody you've turned to for advice, especially now as you go into your first year, your foray as the head man? Uh, Definitely Coach Cabler. He's been a a pillar of uh, education to me throughout my process, you know, just sticking true to what my values are and and just being a, a genuine person. Okay, let's get to some uh, individuals we should watch out for. Any seniors to begin with here, offensively, defensively for the Manor Mustangs? Who are the players that you hope to have excite the fans there when they come out on Friday nights? Uh, well, first off, I'll start off with our quarterback, Kendrick Sowell. Um, he's been a, a second-year starter now for us. Um, I've got a linebacker that transitioning from offensive line to linebacker tight end and Omarion Stevenson. Um, a young receiver core uh, led by Devontae Brown. Uh, he's going to be solid on both sides of the ball as well. And uh, another young receiver, Darion Ripley. He's going to be real exciting to watch this year. Further along, uh, when you get into the, the camp style of, of this team, and do you, do you envision it being further along for the offense or the defense, or does it really matter because a lot of high school teams need guys to go both ways? And this is the hard part of numbers, what we call it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be 
more focus on the offense because guys, it takes a little bit more time to develop an offense and get the guys to understand schemes. So let's touch on your staff. Have you have you finished up the assembling of the staff? And it will be a lot of uh, faces familiar to those that have watched your football games in the past as far as that were on the staff with you or people that you go outside the, uh, the realm of manor. Not exactly finished developing everyone on the staff, but there is the core that has been there for the last three or four years still uh, attacked right now. But I'm uh, looking to add more individuals that want to help along. Okay. A couple more minutes here with Tony Newbold. He's the head football coach of the Manor Mustangs, entering his first year at the helm. Our guest on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Mustangs open up the 2023 campaign on August the 25th. That's a Friday night at home against Warhill. I believe that's uh, correct there, Coach. Did you guys play Warhill last year? I don't remember you guys playing them, but maybe you did. No, sir, we did not. Uh, I was fortunate to meet the Warhill coach at a clinic and uh, we were both looking for a game, and he had gladly accepted and looking for a great game against this quality opponent. Yeah, they're viewed by, from all accounts, the people I've talked to, one of the favorites in the Bay Rivers where Lafayette's been a state championship uh, team not too long ago, and Warhill's made some playoff runs under Coach Jerome Rhodes there, and it looks like your uh, other out-of-district games feature a trip to Hickory on August 31st, and then you uh, have a home game with Lakeland on September 8th before the bye week, and then it's district games from there with Norcom, Norview, Maury, Lake Taylor, Booker T. Washington, Granby. And Churchland, uh, as far as things you want to do in the in the community and with the, the program in general, what would you tell the fans out there they should expect for from just this group of young men and, and your staff and your program as you move into 2023? I look forward to us to bring excitement to the community and see our faces a lot around. Uh, we We plan to be a pillar in the community as well. Okay, and then lastly, get you on this. Any any young kids that have not uh, touched the service or been no names? You mentioned some of the, the players that we've seen the last couple of years, like Sewell and Stevenson. That could be a breakout kid, or maybe an underclassman or two. Uh, maybe even a position unit that you say this could be a real strength of ours if we get rolling. Uh, yes, sir, definitely. I have a young man, colleague Phillips, is going to be exciting young man to watch over the next four years. Uh, there's also my receiver core. Like I said, they're very young. Uh, I don't have a senior at all on the receiving core, so that's probably going to be a great breakout for that group. Okay, good to hear. How about Phillips? What position does he play for you? Running back. Running back. All right. You know that guy runs the ball, could tote it 20, 25 times a game if he gets going and you need him to. So all the best to you, Coach. We appreciate the time this morning. Look forward to following the Manor Mustangs here this coming season and beyond, and uh, we'll definitely talk again down the road. Uh, thank you, Matt. Appreciate your time. You bet. Tony Newbold, head football coach in his first year at the helm, was the interim basketball coach of the Manor Mustangs there in Portsmouth. They'll open up the season coming up in late August against the Warhill Lions at home there in Portsmouth, our guest. We come back another new football coach on the scene. Yeah, we're counting it down to high school football. Get those days ready, folks. It's only a little bit more than 30 days away. We're looking at to count it up here like 40-something days. They got a little countdown timers and a lot of those gyms and weight rooms across the 757. We're be chatting next with Lamort Smith of the First Colonial Patriots. It's coming your way on your local sports connection. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 
Here is Matt Hatfield. And we're back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's brought to you each and every week by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you call 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King. So we head back to our G-Lawn's text line and telephone line. We are now pleased to be joined by the new head football coach of the first Colonial Patriots in Virginia Beach. Their opener set for August the 24th against city rival Kellum at Frank Webster Stadium. Frank Webster was a coach many, many moons ago there at FC and looking to get the Patriots on the mat, making noise is Lamort Smith, the new head man coach. We say congrats to you this morning. How's life treating you here in July? It is great. Good morning. Good morning. Well, uh, our pleasure to have you on the show. Let's give the audience the mini biography of Lamort Smith as far as your high school, college playing days. And you're a person that's got first colonial blood, do you not? Yes, sir. A hundred percent. Fill us in on your background, if you can, as far as uh, leading us up to you taking this job here earlier this year. Uh, well, I graduated from First Colonial in 2008. Um, I played football there. I went off and played uh, basketball at, in a school in Minnesota called Rainy River. Then I went and played football at North Carolina Wesleyan um, and got the coaching bug and been at First Colonial ever since. Um, I coached uh, JV. I was a defensive coordinator for JV for three years. Um, and then I went to Plaza Middle School with one of my mentors, and uh, I was a defensive coordinator there for three years. Um, I also am the head girls basketball coach at First Colonial. Um, this past season, I was the head uh, varsity field hockey coach at First Colonial uh, for the first time ever, and uh, that was a great experience. Um, and as soon as the First Colonial you know, head football job came open, that's always been a dream of mine, and I've always felt like you know, when this position came open that, it was my chance, and I took it as soon as it was open when it was uh, offered to me. That's awesome. It's funny. It's just uh, very similar to our previous guest we had on the show, uh, Tony Newbold, who's the head football coach now at Manor High School in Portsmouth, was the interim basketball coach. You're doing girls basketball, field hockey, football. So you're just basically good soldier, whatever the school asks of you, because you are an FC grad 2000, as you mentioned, you're willing to do, right? Yes, sir. I, I love First Colonial. First Colonial, um, both my sisters went to First Colonial and graduated from there. Uh, I've been first colonial in and out. I was going to first colonial before I was actually in first colonial in 2004. I was going there in 2002 to watch the football games, and I've always been a big, big fan. Um, I've been watching it since Aaron Rouse days. That's going back, and there have been some great ones I mentioned back in the uh, era of uh, Frank Webster when they were competing for championships, and you know Sam Scarborough certainly had success with a lot of players. Think back to certainly uh, Aaron Rouse and uh, Willie Byrne, Nick Dew were some FBS Power 5 athletes. I think there's Power 5 level athletes potentially at just about every school in the area. What's been the reason why the, the program hasn't been at that same level in your eyes, and how do you aspire to get it there? Um, first of all, I, I also played with Nick Dew and Willie Byrne. Okay. Um, those, those are two great guys. Uh, and honestly, I think that the program has just been missing that home feeling. Um, coach Traster, who was a past coach there, who was a fantastic coach, uh, came into a situation where uh, they were kind of rebuilding to where they were trying to get the community back, um, get around to where everybody's just that home face. You know, it feels real comfortable when you see someone – who's been around for so long and when people are comfortable, you know, you bring more people out and I'm first colonial Lynn Haven middle school, Kings Grant elementary. So I've been in Virginia beach my whole entire life. And that line of where it goes from elementary to middle to high school. Um, I went to school with a lot of kids that now who their kids are in the school, which is the craziest thing ever. 
Um, so I, the kids that that I'm coaching, I went to school with their parents. Um, so it, it, the familiar face, I think, it helps out a lot. Uh, the program has always had something to where it's always been something there. It's just the kids always needed a familiar face, honestly. And we have a great staff, a great um, AD who just retired, and a great AD who just came in. And honestly, I think this this principle that we have that just came in this past season is honestly probably the best principle we've had since I've been there, honestly. Okay, who are the – I know Holly Godfrey's no longer the AD, just retired. Who are the new principal and AD, if, if you're able to share? Um, the new AD is Mr. Butler, who was also one of the teachers when I was there, and okay. the new principal is Dr. Miami. Um, and just a short note about Ms. Um, Godfrey. She was the AD when I was in school there. Um, she's actually the first person that I seen when I was done playing in college and um, told me, was like, hey, you should think about coaching. Um, she is probably the person that I owe everything to her. She gave me all these opportunities. Um, I'm so sad and at the same time, really happy to see her go on to the next level of her life. Her and her husband are her, her husband was my linebacker coach. Oh, so wow. their their family, I was like their adopted kid in school. <laughs> they are a hundred percent um, part of the reason I am and who I am right now in the position that I'm put in. That's so cool to hear. And you know, it's funny. I mean, I think that trust factor, being someone that's an FC grad and alum, that that familiarity with parents and people that you played with that have kids now, that, that matters. I think a great deal as you try to get the Patriots back to a position where they can crack that playoff door for the first time since 2000. Our guest here is Lamort Smith here of the First Colonial Patriots on seven five seven Saturday Sports Talk as we count it down to the start of high school football, which is not that far off in the distance. August twenty fourth, the first game for teams across the beach and in the area here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. You mentioned Holly Godfrey being sort of a big mentor for you. I know there's been a lot of respected faces and people across the uh, school there. You think of Sam Scarborough as a coach there. You think of Larry Bowman, who was a longtime girls basketball coach. Mark Butts, a good friend of ours, art teacher, a very good art teacher and basketball coach. Anybody you've kind of picked the brains of here as you go into now the head football coach situation to go with your head girls basketball and field hockey responsibilities? So the crazy part is everybody you named, everybody you (laughs) named, Larry Bowman, before he left First Colonial was, was was the reason that I got into girls basketball and coaching. And I was I was his JV coach when he was varsity basketball. Um, coach Mark Butts, he is the reason that I am a successful basketball coach. I sat in my first three years as JV and also my last three years of, of his career, and I sat in every single practices of his. Um, coach Scarborough is one of the guys who – mentored me in so many different ways to becoming a man um, in high school who used to sit me down and tell me, you know, what needed to be done on and off the field. Um, he's kind of honestly, after I got the job, called me down to his classroom because he still works in the building. I'm also head security in the building. Um, so he called me down to the classroom to congratulate me. And the hug that he gave me was like no other. Um, Deton Hines, who has been there for years, yes. uh, the track coach, and he's also one of the football coaches. Uh, he's been part of the program going forward. Is like the little battery in my back, like telling me, you know, if you want to take this approach, try to do this or try to do that. Uh, Don Phillips, um, who who is a legend there, who is loved by the community and who also is probably one of the best football players, top 10 to ever come through First Colonial. Um, he's actually on my staff. Um, uh, Leslie Benjamin, who was one of the best musical uh, artists to ever come out of First Colonial. He's actually on my staff, and he was one of my coaches. Uh, it's, it's so much love and, and so much, uh, like, really embraced from Coach McTire, Coach Godfrey, 
um, Coach Jay Clark. The crazy part is, so if, as I'm working in First Colonial and as I was a student there, I had four coaches in high school when I was at First Colonial. All four coaches work in the building. All four coaches I've sat down with in the past six months and had a conversation with and, and just picking their brain. I, I'm like a sponge. I think there's never enough information from so many different people that so many different time frames on what they went through on what I'm going to go through as far as dealing with parents, as far as dealing with kids, as far as dealing with schedules, as far as, you know, getting kids from A to B. Like there's so much that I needed that right now I feel like it's so much around me that it is a great cushion. It is a great staff. I have people that's not on the staff. That's on the staff. If you understand what I'm saying, like they are a hundred percent, there I, if i have any questions i can text or call anybody and they'll answer immediately it's great to have a lot of resources to tap into for sure now as we move it into your current situation here what's your vision in terms of schematically offensively defensively without you know divulging all of the secrets if you will and then we'll hop into some names of note for you on both sides of the ball what can the uh, fans out there the patriots expect excitement excitement fast um fast i am a strong believer in in fast football um we we are, we're putting in a whole new offense. We're putting in a whole new defense. There's a lot of young players last year that played one side of the ball that's going to play both sides of the ball. Um, the defense is, is going to be very team-like. Our motto is, I got your back. Um, we also have a slogan that I'm my brother's keeper. Like, you, you have my back. I have your back. You look out for me. I look out for you. And the kids have been nothing but great. The, the, the kids have been nothing but 100% happy. Uh, the parents that have been calling and texting and email, they have been happy. Um, I honestly think there, there's, there's nothing that I am missing at this point between my staff that is – I have nine people on my staff right now. Seven of them are First Colonial alumni. Um, and that's for a reason. That's because I feel like the Kings Grant, the Old Road, the Friendship, Atlantis – um, down at the beach, I feel like they need to know and see familiar faces, and it makes you more comfortable when you see those familiar faces, when you see those type of people that's been around and you know they have the best interest for your kid um, in the long run. So it, the offense is going to be really fast. It's going to be explosive. Um, we have a lot of weapons that have not been targeted this past couple of years. And, um, again, that's that's because – you know, we've always had a quarterback controversy going in. Even when I was in high school, we, we went with two, three quarterbacks through my whole high school career. Um, not this year. We have a quarterback. We're going with our quarterback, and he's an upcoming – he'll be a senior this year, and he's phenomenal. The great leadership that we have from the offensive line, who this year we have our starting five offensive line, everybody's over 200-something pounds. So we've been in the weight room. We've been doing agilities. We've been doing – get bigger, get faster, get stronger, and everybody's just believing. And also, it, it, it also helps that you have new jerseys, uh, new helmet color, so like just a new fresh look. So when you see us, you know, it, it'll be the same colors, the same blue, the same white, but it's a different little new twist, uh, brand new white helmet, so we're done with the blue helmets. Uh, so the, the white and the new jerseys, you know, you look good, you feel good. 
Well, definitely you can tell the excitement from your voice, Coach. And you mentioned uh, the quarterback controversy years past. Certainly with offenses and defenses, a lot of what you run in terms of you know your scheme is going to be based upon the components you have, the personnel. And uh, you mentioned a senior. Give us that senior quarterback's name, if you can, that will be the uh, QB1. And then take us from there on the offensive side of the ball before we flip over to defense as far as the skill position guys to watch out for, maybe some linemen, and then some impact players defensively that we should note. So Rhett McLemare will be the starting quarterback. Um, it's, it's a name that you guys have known, and that's because his brother was the starting quarterback uh, the last three years. Uh, Rhett McLemore is one of those guys who is one of our best athletes. Um, he will this year for the first time play and start both sides of the field. Um, he will be the starting quarterback and the starting safety. Um, I have Lyman, and I'll just go through like Josh, um, uh, Kelton, um, Arthur, uh, Big Ben, there's there's so many to where it, we we as years passed that we couldn't get on the field and we couldn't take a kid out because we didn't have a kid to back up just as good. Okay, and we don't have that issue this year. We have a, a wide out um, uh, from Icky to Avari to. Uh, Rakim, uh, and these guys are fantastic athletes. And a lot of them are going to be going both ways. And, again, in the years past, it's like you've seen it, I, I went both ways. The, uh, Nick Dew went both ways. Willie Byrne went both ways. Aaron Rouse went both ways. Like, these guys went both ways. Um, and we're to the point where we have enough guys to go both ways. And when they need those breaks, we have guys that can fill in are just as good. Well, that matters a big deal. Before we let you go here, Coach, we appreciate the time. Looking forward to following the Patriots. Got a chance to watch your group uh, get some work in at that 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, passing league over at Kellum. That's your first opponent. Uh, fill us in on the scrimmages you got and what you hope to gain from those as the springboard for that opener on the 24th of August versus Kellum. Um, right now, the deep crease scrimmage is on the 11th. Um, there is a scrimmage on the 18th that is not officially final, so I don't want to put that out there. Okay, no problem. Um, and going forward uh, – as far as Kellum being the first opponent, I have honestly one of my good friends over there that I I work with, uh, Chris, who is the offensive line coach, um, is also the head JV coach. Um, I think Kellum's a great opponent. I, I went to school with Kellum running back when we both graduated in 2008, um, and it's just a lot of fun. And I also want to thank Kellum for having 7-on-7. Seven seven. I think that 7-on-7 seven seven has really, really given kids something to do if, if we can only put on pads before the season starts, that would be even better. But tell them 100%, I would like to thank them for allowing us to come out there and just show people that, you know, it's, it's a new energy, it's a new era, it's a new coming, and we're not the school you can sleep on anymore. Well, certainly some uh, exciting times look to be in the future for the first Colonial Patriots and the new head coach, Lamort Smith, trying to snap that 10-game skid against the Knights to open up the season August 24th. You go start 1-0, and Coach, you'll be a king over there at FC. You can tell Butts and Scarborough and Jatan Hines them to put you on a, on a big uh, throne and carry you around the school for about a day there. And uh, we'll wish you all the best in that game and beyond this coming year. We'll definitely keep in touch, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, thank you, and thanks for having me. And I love you guys' show. I listen to it every Saturday morning. I appreciate you guys taking the time out. And please, everybody, come out and support that Kellum game. It is at home, um, and we just can't wait for the season. I'm excited. I am extremely excited. This week was a dead period, so I'm kind of like all over the place on trying to figure out and watching football and watching old film and watching things that we've been recording and workouts and trying to put the X's and O's all together. 
But as you can see, like, please come support and let's get the stands back to how it was when you couldn't get into games. Hey, we look forward to it. We can tell you got you to take all the energy out, Coach, because you had the dead week. Now take it out on Monday when the kids come back, and uh, we'll see you in August. I can't wait, and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Lamort Smith, head football coach of the first Colonial Patriots, our guest here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Risser, I'm fired up. Lamort Smith's got me ready to run through a wall right now. He is, that's what you want out of a coach. I mean, seriously, who doesn't want to play for a guy like that who's got that type of enthusiasm and passion? That's what you want. Did you have a high school football coach like that? Did you play high school football back no, in the day? No, I did not. What'd you play? Broke Basket? my, ankle, broke oh, my broke. ankle, so I couldn't really oh, play gee. anything. Rico didn't there, right? We got Ricardo Grant with us. You played football, right? What was he? Did we know? Oh, he's taking his head. No, he'd play for him right now. I know he'd, he'd suit up for him. Anyhow, uh, Coach Young should be joining us, we hope, at some point in the uh, next hour of the show. I think that's him messaging me. He's, oh, he's on his way. So he'll be here. <laughs> so, Rister, if we know he'll be Ed, here by noon. Yeah, he'll be here when we get off the air, knowing him, because he he probably just left. He says, oh, hold on a second. I got left from Suffolk. No traffic. I should get here by, uh, you know, 11.25. I'll leave at 11. Yeah, good luck with that, Ed. All right, we'll come back second hour of the show. We've got buy or sell coming your way. Phone lines will be open up as well at 757 Whether it's local, high school, college, or pro, everything is covered topically right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.